I'm excited about tonight. I really believe that God has a word for everyone in this room tonight. And so let's just get started. If you have your Bibles, open up to Luke chapter 18. I'm going to start with verse 18, and we're going to go through verse 25. Chapter 18, I mean, chapter 18, verse 18, and it says, And a ruler asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, honor your father and mother. And he said, all these I have kept from my youth. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, one thing you still lack, sell all that you have and distribute to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. But when he heard these things, he became very sad, for he was extremely rich. Verse 24, Jesus, say, see, seeing that he had become sad, said, How difficult is it for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of, heaven, kingdom of God? For it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. And so today we're going to talk about movement and what it looks like to truly follow Jesus Christ after we have encountered him. Because like what Ryan said last week, it, it takes one step. But that one step, that invitation, that decision to follow him has to be followed with another movement. And so the title of my message today is called Two-Step. So you might as well just write it down now. It's, it's called Two-Step. And so before chapter 18 happens, Jesus is traveling the world, traveling and, and doing his ministry. And, and we see that he keeps gathering large crowds, and he's teaching them all these parables and all these ways of the word and, and showing them and tell them how to truly have salvation. But then you see this guy, the rich young ruler, he comes and he says, a, ru a ruler questioned him saying, good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And so what we see right here is that this guy comes towards Jesus. He has the encounter with Jesus and says, hey, good teacher, what must I do to be saved? What do I have to do in order for you to save me? And Jesus says, why do you call me good? You know the commandments. Do not steal, do not kill, do not, all these things. And the guy responds and says, I've kept these things since my youth. And we see that this rich young ruler is kind of arrogant a little bit, right? The only thing we know about him is that he's rich, he's young, and he's a ruler. Just like for me, if you were to see me, you'd say uh, the hardworking, poor pastor, right? Like, like these are the only things that identify him that Luke is telling us because the only thing that really matters is what we see when we first meet him. And so he comes to Jesus, he asks these things. And he's being boastful about his already accomplishment. We know that he's religious because he knows the law. We know that he's a great person because the Bible didn't tell that he was a wicked ruler, but that he was just rich and he was young. And for some of us, whenever we have an encounter with Jesus, we take that step forward because this is, this is it. This is the moment. Like, I've been waiting all my life to have a moment with Jesus. He had been following Jesus for a very long time to get to this point where he was able to speak to Jesus directly. 
For a lot of us in here, we remember that moment, whether it was at Beach Retreat or whether it was in this room or whether it was in VBS or Bible study. You remember that time in your life when you took the step forward to Jesus Christ and say, hey, I need your salvation in my life. Show me what I must do. Show me how I can truly be saved. And so my first point today is encounter Jesus. Jesus tells him, hey, you know the commandments. Obviously, the God knows the commandments. But there is something he wasn't willing to give up as we move on. But guys, there's a lie that that happens in in this scripture. For the guy steps into this lie of perfection. For so many of us, we see things that we must do in order to get God's love and to feel worthy. This is the same thought that's happening for this rich young ruler. In order for me to have movement with God, in order for me to truly experience God, the only thing I got to do, I just got to read my Bible. I just got to come to church. I just got to tithe. I just got to do the things that will get me in a right standing with God. Students, that is the lie of perfection. Stop putting this burden of being perfect on you because Jesus never asked you to be perfect. He didn't ask his rich young ruler to be perfect. He just asked that he give everything he has to him. And so as the scripture moves on, starting with verse, starting with verse 22, it says, When Jesus heard this, he said to him, One thing you still lack, sell all that you have and distribute to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come, follow me. But when he heard these things, he became very sad, for he was extremely rich. The rich young ruler's identity was found in his wealth. Just like if I were to put all my energy in trying to become the best basketball player in the world, I would still not be the best basketball player in the world, but my identity would be found in basketball. Whatever you put your time and your effort to, that's who you are. That's your identity. If you put all your time and effort in knowing Jesus Christ, then guess what? You will start looking like him. You'll start sounding like him. You'll be a true disciple of him. But what we see for this rich young ruler is that his identity, his identity was in that he was rich, he was young, and he was a ruler. And so when he took that step towards Jesus, right, took that step, right, my foot is towards you, Jesus. I want everything. Jesus said, hold up. Hold on, shawty. I need this leg as well. I need this identity as well. Your identity The person that you think you are, the rich young ruler, I need you to give me that as well and take the second step. So many of us, we're still stuck on this step right here. I I came, Jesus, this is all you need me to do. This is, right? This is all I have to do. I confess in my mouth, I'm saved, and, and that's it. Guys, that's not it. We have to follow our decision with obedience. But the rich young ruler does not do that. He sees God. He sees his opportunity. Jesus invites him. If you really truly want to be saved, give everything you have. Give it all away. But see, just like this rich young ruler, we all struggle with this this thing that, that there's something in our lives that we're not willing to give up. Maybe it's the way people view you. Maybe it's being the best athlete in the world. Maybe it's the identity that I have to be the best Christian. 
Maybe it's the, the, the falseness of perfection. I have to be the best this and that. And that's the only way I can truly have salvation in Jesus Christ. That is a lie. The rich young ruler believed this. And when he came to Jesus, he didn't have a heart open to receive what was Jesus really trying to tell him. But no, he was willing to only encounter him, but not to truly follow him. Giving up your possessions doesn't get you into the kingdom of heaven. Giving up your identity gets you closer to truly experiencing Jesus Christ. And that's what the rich young ruler, he misplaced. He could not see that because the only thing he wanted to do in front of that large entire crowd, he wanted to come and say, hey, look, look at me. Like, I'm the best person at this. I've done this. I've done that. I'm not evil. Obviously, my deeds will be good enough for me to receive salvation. So, Jesus, what else you got? I've done everything you've asked me to do already. What else? And his arrogance and his disbelief of truly experiencing Jesus Christ because he calls him good teacher. For we know in the Jewish culture, we only reserve the word good for God. You're good, good father. Who are you? Yeah, we only reserve good for God. And so what Jesus was saying, why are you calling me good? Only, only God is good. He's saying, hey, if you truly think I'm, I'm God, if you truly believe that I am the Messiah, then what I'm about to say, you have to do. The guy thought he knew he came to God broken and left even more broken because he wasn't willing to obey a simple command of giving up everything he had. Students, adults, there's something in our lives that we still lack. There's something that you're keeping away from God. I can't tell you what it is, but for me, sometimes it's my pride. I'm super arrogant sometimes. I really am. I'm, I, I struggle with it every single day, right? I, but whenever God asks me to give that up, my first response is, yeah, God, yeah, sure. I'll do whatever you want me to do. Whatever you want me to do, yeah, sure. When he said, hey, if you just stop making everything about yourself, then maybe we can really walk in obedience. And for me, that's hard. It's a struggle. It truly is a struggle because I know that I shouldn't have this, but it's just who I am. That's exactly how the rich young ruler felt. God, I, I know you want me to give up my riches. I know you want me to give up my identity, but this is who I am. If you take this, I have nothing. I am nothing. To truly have movement with Jesus Christ, we got to be able to get out of our own way and just finally just walk with him. And, but this rich young ruler, he couldn't do that because everything he's ever maintained is back here. But Jesus is asking me to walk towards him. I, I can't do that. Jesus, that's too hard. Okay, I, I can come to church, but I, I can't really give you this. I, I, can't, I can't give you this because if you take this, what do I have left? As soon as we struggle with this, we, we want to have these things in our lives that really identify us and true show, and show us how worthy we are. If I play well, then people are really going to think that I'm really awesome. If, if I bring home good grades, then my parents are going to know that I'm a really good son. 
I'm a really good daughter. If I sing well, then people are going to know I'm really talented and I should go places. If I wear some dope shoes and a nice shirt with a nice jacket, some nice black pants, then people are really going to think I look and dress cool, which is not true. I know. I still work on it, right? My, your identity is found in trivial things. And what Jesus is trying to bring to my attention, your attention, and his rich young ruler's attention is that that's not true. Your identity isn't found in trivial things. Your identity is found in your obedience when we walk with Jesus Christ. But we come to a place in our life where we're not willing to truly take the next step, the second step towards him. Because we believe if we give that up, then we will be nothing. Then we will have nothing. Right? And the reason we talk about two-step is... I remember when I first moved to Texas, right, like they, they came to Virginia where I was at school and they said, man, Kale, you should come down and work at Second Baptist Church in, in Houston, Texas. It's awesome. We got the rodeo. We got cowboys. We got, it's like, great. Okay, I don't need, I don't know. Let's do, okay, we're, okay. I'll come and work for you. Sure. Great. Right. But they don't tell you the cultural change you're going to go through whenever you come to Texas. They don't tell you everything. Like where I'm from, we have four seasons. You guys have one, okay, summer all the time, right? We have fall, you've probably never heard of that, all right? Winter, no, you never heard of that, right? Spring and summer, that's what we have where I'm from. But also, you guys do things a little, little bit different at weddings. Now, I could spend all day talking about weddings, but I love weddings. Like, I, like I'm a phenomenal dancer. I don't know if you guys know this, but, like, I'm, like, I'm known to, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'll be, I'll be on the dance floor, like, yeah. Like, right. that's my thing. I love weddings. But the very first wedding I've ever been to in Texas was one of my friends that I worked with at camp. He got married, and I remember going there, thinking to myself, it's about to be the best wedding ever. Let's go. Turn on the right music. I'm in. Um, <clears throat> the whole entire day, the entire wedding, I sat down the entire time because they were playing music I never heard of. Uh, there's a guy named George Strait. I thought he was yeah. fictitious, right? Like, the only time I heard of uh, George Strait is when Drake told me about him. Like, all my exes live in Texas, like, on George Strait. I was like, that's a real person? What? Who knew? I didn't, right? And so they're playing all this weird music I never heard before. But the tide started to turn in my favor because Jesus loves me, and he knew I wanted to dance. And the guy came on the PA system. He said, all right, now get your, we're getting ready to two-step right to the floor. And I was like, yes, two-step. So when I hear two step, I think of this right here. Right, that's what that's what I'm thinking, right? I'm like, we about the two step, Bruh, Come on, bro. Like, let's go. This is my wedding now. I'm all back in. I'm all 100% in, right? And so I get to the dance floor. I'm all hyped. I'm like walking back and forth. Like, what's happening? You know, I'm like. Turn on the music, you're right? And I'm all getting all crunk and stuff. Um, something strange started to happen. People started getting into pairs, and I'm like, that's not, <laughs> something's off here. What's happening, right? <laughs> something's off here. And so I started seeing people get into pairs. I'm like, they're going to be really embarrassed when they turn on the music. <laughs> but then this came on, and they started dancing like this. There was some guys that had like a chokehold over the girl so she wouldn't walk away. Like, 
I was like, what? Like, this is two-step? No! What is happening in America where this is two-step? Because while I'm from very diverse uh, background, <laughs> like, that's not two-stepping in my culture, right? But I remember thinking to myself, I am not willing to do it this way. I want to do it my way. And if you're not doing it my way, then you're wrong. Just like the rich young ruler thought. Jesus, if you're not doing it my way, then you are doing it wrong. Because the only way I have to do it is follow, my command, follow the commandments. The only thing I got to do is do this. The only thing I got to do is do that. That's how I get into heaven. But when you come and tell me that this way is wrong and I need to do it this way, we have a problem. That the only thing I have to do, right, is go to church. But when you ask me to give myself to you, I, no, that's too much. Because my way is perfect. My way is the way that we should do it. And whenever you take away my way, I become uncomfortable. And whenever I become uncomfortable, then who am I? Where is my identity? We can all relate to that. All your life, someone taught you to do things this way, that way. If you don't do it this way, you're going to mess up. And you, you stay on your, your track, your path. That's the only thing you need to do is do this. But Jesus comes and says, hey, stop doing it that way. Let's do it this way. Jesus, hold on now. I, 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 can't, I cannot do it your way. Because Jesus didn't ask for your very best. He asked for your everything. He wants everything. All of you. And the beautiful thing about two-stepping, now that I've gotten used to it, is that whenever you have your partner, right, wherever the leader leads, the other person has to follow. Wherever the person leg is going, everything has to shift this way. We have to move together in a perfect harmony, right? We're able to do this thing called dancing two-step, and because of that, we are on the same page, now, whatever happens, I see I'm going to direct my partner to come this way. Okay, we're going to run to somebody. Nope, not today. That's how Jesus wants our relationship with him. Jesus wants us to say, hey, Jesus, lead me. Wherever you dance, I'll follow. Wherever you go, I, I'm just going to give you my all. Whatever you see best for my life, I'm going to follow you because guess what? I don't know everything. I don't know everything, but Jesus, I trust you. The rich young ruler couldn't see what Jesus was trying to do in his life because the only thing that he lacked was the fact that he didn't want to take his second step towards Jesus. And because of that, he left broken, more broken than when he came to Jesus in the first place. And I don't want you guys to fall into that same trap. I don't want you to think to yourself that your identity is what your worth is, your treasure is. Because Jesus also finishes by this in verse 24. And Jesus looked at him and said, how hard is it for those who are wealthy to enter the kingdom of God? For it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Jesus literally said, it is better for a camel, huge camel to go to an eye of a needle, then it is someone who is unwilling 
to give themselves up to me. The rich young ruler walks away very sad because he was extremely rich. Whatever it is in your life that you think you have treasure in, I promise you, that's false treasure. Whatever it is that you think people really love you for, I promise you, the moment it turns, they will stop loving you. But Jesus wants you to follow him, to give your life to him so that he can direct your path. So that he can direct you and move you in such a beautiful way that you avoid temptation. That you avoid all the lust. That you avoid all the, the stuff that you know you shouldn't be doing in the first place. Whenever you talk back to your parents, he's just like, well, let's go this way. Let's go that way. I love this dance two-step now. I don't really have a mastered it, but I know for a fact that when I look at it, I just think of how perfect it is to truly dance with Jesus Christ and to truly put all that I have into who he is. And I know that wherever he goes and I know that wherever he leads me, I'm going to follow, but also I know that he's going to take care of me. I also know that when I come to him broken, he's going to heal me. I also know that whenever I'm afraid and whenever I get over-anxious, whenever I get overstressed, I know that he has the answer for me. But the first thing we all have to do is take the step towards him. But wait, there's more. We got to take this, this thing, this, this step, this identity, this understanding of who we truly are. We, we have to take this disobedience, this rebellious nature. We have to take the way we view ourselves, the lie of perfection, the thought that I'm not worthy enough. Or what if Jesus looks back into my past and saw what I did when I was younger? Or, or what if Jesus finds out that I come from a divorced home? Uh, I don't know if I can... What if Jesus sees my heart and, and, and sees that I don't have a great relationship with my parents? I, I haven't talked to my mom in years. Like, what, what if, uh, Jesus, I don't. What if Jesus sees that I have anger issues? What if Jesus was there whenever I stole that money or whenever I did those things that I know I shouldn't have been doing? Jesus, how can you ask me? to take another step towards you when I've done all of this. Let's learn from the rich young ruler and let's see that Jesus didn't really care about how rich he was. Jesus never once said, hey, you rich young ruler. He never addressed him by the things the world addressed him by. He never once looked at him and said, your identity is in your wealth or the fact that you're young or the fact that you're a ruler, he just said simply, give everything away and follow me. Because students, hear me when I say this. Jesus doesn't care what you think or whoever thinks about you. He sees you for who you truly are. And the only thing he asks any of us to do is just trust him and take a step forward, but then follow it in obedience. Because when that happens, then and only then will I able to find freedom through Jesus Christ. 
stop worrying about what the world says you are. I promise you they're wrong. They don't know you. They don't see you the way Jesus sees you. Let's just simply walk towards Jesus and let's dance with him. Let's dance so that he can take care of me. I want to be so involved with Jesus Christ that nothing else matters. You may label me as a broke black pastor, but Jesus sees me as my good and faithful servant. But for some of you in here, your identity is still found in the world. Your identity and who you are is still back here, but Jesus is just simply asking, just trust me and just walk towards me. And I want to give everyone the opportunity to walk towards Jesus Christ tonight. Let's not wait any longer.